I was almost raped twice. Once it got really, really close to what people out there at the party. Yes, yes. And and the one that it got really, really close with, that man actually did go to prison later on for raping a 13 year old. And so, uh, but I, he was he was on me. And he was he had my my pants down, and I was struggling. But faith and failures podcast. And our dad, I mean, he like went way way out and then and our brothers did too and when when we moved out onto that land and we're living in that lean too it wasn't just we're homeless living in a tent it was we're homeless on this land and every criminal every drug addict every alcoholic came there they knew it was the safest place to party to uh run from the law run from the law i mean to hide uh you got released from prison where do you give them you come out there and hide you know, because we'll hide. Now, was it y'all's land? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't just random land. It was actually- No, it was ours. It was ours. Because when our mom died, it paid the land off. That's right. Okay. And so uh, <clears throat> at one point in time, after the lean-to, my dad had somehow bought this little tiny trailer house that could probably fit in your kitchen here. And uh, But it, we still didn't have any water or electricity. And uh, we lived in that. And the parties got bigger and uh, more people. And I was learning to, I, I was trying to survive. I was, I was almost raped twice. Once it got really, really close to There's what people out there at the party. Yes, yes. And and the one that it got really, really close with that man actually did go to prison later on for raping a thirteen year old. And so, uh, but I, he was he was on me and he was he had my my pants down and I was struggling. But a guy that was like a brother to us, you know him, Barry Brown. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was very bright. Oh. Yep. He was oh, like, man. he, and to this day, he's like a brother to me. Yeah. He actually came in and seen what was happening and got the guy off of me and said, hey, nobody's supposed to be in the house. I don't know why you're in the house. You're not supposed to be in the house. And, uh, but I didn't realize at the time, God didn't reveal it to me till a couple of years ago that that was the time that I decided, okay, God's not protecting me. Nobody's protecting me. I've got to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And so I went into, <clears throat> I were, I would put on, two and three layers of clothes. I would uh, go into my room when they would have these parties, which this trailer house had had those little sliding doors, which, I mean, you could knock them off the hinge, you know what I'm saying? But I would put up this cot that I had because we didn't have furniture, and I would put it up against the door, and I would lay in the cot up against the door so that if somebody did come in, I would know that they're trying to get in. I learned to stay up all night and sleep at school. And then I was getting in trouble at school because I was sleeping at school. And so don't uh, take don't take showers unless you have protection in the house. No, no, you know, things like that. I didn't I didn't I didn't go to other people's houses and take showers because I was scared. I didn't recently start taking showers in my own home alone until about a year ago when my daughter said I had told her she was leaving. And I was like, hey, Sam, can you wait so I could take a shower? And she was like, why can't you take a shower if I'm not here? <laughs> so she you never said this to her before? You Nobody knew this? No, nobody knew it. No, I didn't even realize you, you that suppress, I was doing it. You suppress it, yeah. you know, until it's well, real to you. And I think what happens is when you live a childhood like I had to live, you it becomes your normal. Yeah. So you don't think of it as a insecurity or a flaw or a, I mean, I'm not sure what's Or like an unhealthy, like an unhealthy right. decision, you know, mate. Or trauma. Trauma, maybe trauma, yeah. So I'm we, we, we make decisions based on the trauma. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of times those decisions are not, uh, they're based on fear. 
Yeah. So fear doesn't come from the Lord, right? So the the actions that you're taking and that you're raising your children in are not healthy, right? So it was just a some you said something to your daughter about staying there, and you it clicked. Yes, and I was like, she said, "Why can't you take a shower by your while you're here in the house by yourself?" And I was like, "Because somebody might break in." And she's like, "Yeah, some random person's walking around the house, mom, looking to break in to come get you out of the shower." And I was like, "Okay, that does sound a little crazy." <laughs> I'm like, okay, thing, you can leave. I'll take a shower. Our kids, right? They're so honest. (laughs) You know, but you you do these kinds of things. And I think what happens, and this is the beautiful thing about it, is through my life, the the decisions and choices I made before Christ, before I had him, was who I was. But when he entered, he slowly begins to clean your life out because he wants me to be closer to him. And he can't have me living in fear because I won't take a shower. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He He's releasing me from the prisons that I've imprisoned myself mm-hmm. to try to avoid hurt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I even realized, too, this is what I was going to tell you earlier, when I was when I was almost raped and I had closed God out because I was like, you don't got me. You know, I'm going to have to get my own yeah. self. A year or so ago, about the same time, I realized that God did protect me. That guy did not rape me. Yeah. He didn't make it. God sent Barry in to rescue me. It wasn't Barry that rescued me. It was God that rescued me. Yes. And so it was like my perspective was wrong. And God has Which to change to us a lot. And he has to change our perspective because we're, we're, we're overcoming, we're healing. And then through, the, through that process, our perspective has to change so that I can go out and do what we're doing now. Because there's other children out there who have been raped, yeah. who have been neglected, who have been sex trafficked, you know, and they need someone to be able to say, you know what, that happened to you, but God can use that. You know, you're not broken. You're, well, Romans 8, 28, you know, how God takes things that, you know, have happened to us or things that are bad and turns those to the good. Yes. You know, and that's what he does. Yes. Sanctification. And I can remember after all that, you know, being 13 and I can, I, I tried to kill myself. I actually took the razor blade. I've done it the long way, the right way, and blood started coming out, and I started freaking out, and I was putting toilet paper on it, and I was wrapping a sock around it, and I was crying because I was just like, you know what, God? Uh, I may cry about it, but I, I'm healed from it, but it, when I talk about it, it's beautiful, it's you know, because I can see where I was and where I am now, but I can remember thinking, you know, God, if you just get me out of here, you know, I'll serve you for the rest of my days, and uh, he sent Aaron. Which we did go about it the wrong way. We got pregnant and then we got married. Well, you didn't say you would serve him perfectly, sister. Right. Sort of right. And I still failed him. It's hard to get down this order what we're supposed to do. But my goodness, I was reading the Old Testament the other day. I'm like, holy crap. How can they keep track of all this stuff? Yes. Man. <laughs> yes. So There's no way. Yes. Thank you, Chief. Are you talking I'm about so glad that, I'm so glad that you love me, Lord. <laughs> yes. I am. Specifically. Yes. I'm so glad that we live under grace. Oh, oh yeah. And not the law because I failed. Be a terrible uh, Jew. Me too. <laughs> me too. Jewish. Me too. I've not been a very good Gentile yeah. anyway. Yeah. And so we uh I feel better of you. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then uh I mean I can remember those words so plainly because once I got out of it, me and Aaron did not put God where he was supposed to be. I was like, Oh, I'm out, I'm free, and here's my night in shining order, and we can just live life the way we want to. Well, I didn't realize that Aaron was an alcoholic. Okay. So I just thought we drank together. Well, when I got pregnant, I quit drinking because I just done it because I hated my life and I wanted to die. Yeah. You know, and I thought, well, he can just give it up too. Well, he couldn't. He liked it. 
for whatever reason. And uh, I can remember telling him. Uh, she, she's doing it again. Because it, <laughs> it's, it's real. And I don't want to interrupt her. Yeah, it's real. No, but it's like, oh, gosh, I just can see beautiful things. Yes. Anyway, well, he, uh, where she said, you know, okay, beat on, join on, and she didn't finish the word. I, I did. Yeah. And so I can remember telling Aaron, I feel Satan is on us. We need to get in church. We need it. And this was when Selena was probably about three or four. She had been a little older. Uh, time is kind of. No, it was about that time because remember she was in kindergarten when, yeah. you, when you went to Ohio yeah. or wherever it was. So I told Aaron that and he said, I'm not going to church and I'm, I, we're just not. And so I was like, okay, well, fine. Then I'll just join you. So then I started drinking with him. Well, then I started going across the street because at this time we were living in that trailer house that my dad had gotten, but we had water and electric then. Yeah. Uh, and my dad had a trailer house across the way and I would go over to my dad's house and smoke weed with my dad. And then it escalated to, this was back when AOL was a big thing. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. And I had gotten on there and started chatting. Next thing you know, I'm moving me and my child to Ohio. I have an affair on Aaron. And the whole time I'm telling her, look, you're married. You can't run with single people. Yeah. It's just not going to work. Yeah. And it's two different lifestyles. Yes. Yes. Well, then I, yeah. then I come back and I move my two cousins in to the house with us that are single and we started going clubbing and drinking and partying and you, you've moved back through an old indian woman that had turquoise jewelry which was something that the lord worked through at that time at that very oh moment. i moved back because of that reason yes yes when i was in ohio i went to a little store and it was like a it looked like a little wooden shack but it was a little old store and uh, I had went in there, and I was just looking around. I love how God works. And uh, I just watching you smiling. And this little Indian woman had come out, which Indians mean a lot to me because I come from Cherokee Indians, and you know, that's just I'm I'm in awe of them. And uh, our mother loved turquoise. Yes, yeah, she did. Love like she every ring she had a ring on every finger. And it was turquoise. And this little lady she came out. Fights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and the little lady, she had come up and she handed me this cross necklace that had a stone in the middle of it that was turquoise. And she said, I want you to put this on and I want you to go home. And I said, what? This lady did not know my sister. And she said, I know you're running from something. It was I, It was the whole I know it was total God. It was good. Because she said, I know you're running from something and I know you're not where you belong. I, w- I want you to take this cross, put it on your neck, and I want you to get your kid and I want you to go home where you're from. You can read your AOL. Okay. They know that's right. Yeah. And I mean, I was just like, okay. So I loaded up Selena. We got in that truck and we left. I came home. It took two years of beating myself up. I I didn't, I came back to air, but I live in the imprisonment of shame and guilt. But I moved out of our trailer house and I moved into a house in town. And Aaron would come all the time whenever he was at home from work because he worked out town. And he would say, I love you. I just want to get back together. And I would tell him, I don't love you. I just want you to leave me alone. Because at that time, okay, my Aaron, first off, was the only man that I'd ever been with intimate. He was the one and only. So when I had that affair, it crushed me. I couldn't even believe that I'd done it. I cried the whole time. Couldn't even believe I'd done it. But it's like when you're in a whirlwind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't know how to get out. And uh, he forgave me instantly, wanted me to come back instantly. I couldn't forgive myself. Yeah. You you get out the it way was the you hardest. get out the way Peter got out. You know what I'm saying? When he stepped out of that boat and he started to sink, yeah. and and Jesus said, you know, basically focus on me. 
That's how that's how you get out. Yes. Of whatever the But at the time you don't know that. Faith and Failures Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It would mean a great deal to me if you download, share, and subscribe so you can be notified every time I put out a new episode. Once again, thank you and see you next time on Faith and Failures.